Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson and it is Steeler Odds and Ends Day. There's no real theme here, just a bunch of nuggets I've been wanting to include in podcasts. No real rhyme or reason. Some of them are real short topics. Um, See where we go with them, to be honest with you. So, um, schedule release comes Thursday. We'll talk about that for sure on Friday. They have a really favorable schedule. But anyway, um, so I did this little research on my own because as I've been analyzing these drafts, and right now we're on Peacock and Williamson, my my Locked On podcast, we're going division by division, so we're really digging in. And coincidentally, we did the AFC North today, so go check that out. But um, I really noticed, I'm like, man, every team we talk about took two players from the same college. I mean, and... So I went through every draft and I counted them up and 19 of the 32 teams, including the Steelers, took multiple players from the same college. Now, I don't have the research ability to go see if that's an NFL record, but it almost has to be. I mean, (laughs) how could it not be? And that include, you know, like Miami only had four picks. You know, there's a couple teams that didn't have many picks and still 19 of the 32 teams took players from the same school. And of course, a ton of them are Bama and obviously Georgia and Ohio State and whatnot. And I just wonder, is there a reason behind that? Is it because of the transfers? Is it be able to pay athletes so that all the good guys are going to the good same schools? Or is it just familiarity? You know, like, that's kind of where I'm going with this is everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people bash the Steelers for their roster nepotism you know you're gonna bring in cam hayward's brother and joey porter's son and both herbigs and on and on and on and i always defended you know from being a former scout that if i know more about that player if i have the same grade on porter jr in an exact same corner with all the same you know aspects don't you want to take the guy you know better or not take the guy you know better because you don't like him you know so i think that's part of it as well you have pipelines through certain schools so, again, 19 of the 32 teams selected two players from the same school or more. In fact, the Chargers and the Eagles each took three from the same school. I think everyone realized the Eagles took Georgia, you know, three Georgia players, and the Chargers took three TCU game players. So, the TCU and Georgia, did those two watch that game in the, in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs and be like, I'll take the Georgia guys. I'll get the TCU guys. Well, yeah, there you have it. And taking it further, you know, I mentioned that the Steelers, they have, they took two Wisconsin guys and they took two Georgia guys. There was four teams, the Steelers, Vikings, Rams, and Lions, that twice from two different schools. So two or more players from two or more schools. So this can't be a coincidence is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like – it just seems like a massive trend. Is it because the NCAA is changing so much? Is it because teams are less likely to really go into the smaller schools and just scout them via, you know, uh, tape and combine and Zoom and stuff? I, I don't know, but I just found it very fascinating. And the Steelers epitomize this. And so I thought that was interesting. So. Um, Again, I got a bunch of odds and ends here. I'll be back in a moment to touch on a few things I found interesting that I found on the web this morning.
Okay, so I cut and paste this into, I think this is from Pro Football Focus, but one of the sites, I don't know, it might have been ESPN. No, this is from Pro Football Focus. They did 16 moves, one for every AFC team, and they're not massive, earth-shattering moves that would make a lot of sense. And reading through it, I'm like, this is pretty well done. Let's talk about the one that they highlighted for the Steelers. So what they said was, who's a name out there, and in not most cases, wouldn't be expensive, that would make a lot of sense for every team in the AFC to sign? And the one they picked for the Steelers was Rashawn Evans. And I thought, wow, at this price, that's great. And I'm sure a lot of you are like, who the heck's Rashawn Evans, Williamson? Well, if you remember when they were really trying to fill the hole that Ryan Shazier left, and it was the Terrell Edmonds draft year, everybody wanted the Steelers to draft an inside linebacker. And everyone knew Roquan Smith would be gone, but Van Der Esch, Rashawn Evans, who I'm talking about now, were some of the targets, and they all went off the board before the Steelers picked. They took Edmonds. So this was a name, if you were a draft Nick, what, five years ago? that you probably knew. And he was a good player, of course. He's first-round pick from Bama. But sort of in a Herbig Timmons mold, he did a little bit of both. You know, like he would play the edge for Bama and rush the passer and was pretty darn good at it, more than just a blitzer. And he played off the ball where he was quite good. And he hasn't been tremendous in the in the NFL. He has not lived up to the first-round billing and is now bouncing around the league a little bit. But here's their write-up on him is the Steelers have rotated through a handful of formerly drafted off-the-ball linebackers over the past few seasons and follow a similar idea here with 2018 first-rounder. Evans is coming off a career high, played over 1,100 snaps, 46 defensive stops, and 110 tackles while missing only 7.3 of his opportunities. So very solid tackler, played a lot of snaps. Made some big plays. I forget how they define defensive stops. That's a PFF um, number, but I know it's basically the equivalent of big plays. You know, it's a, it's a looser term. He didn't make 46 big plays. But how many times did I tell you what was lacking? I mean, I thought the Sears linebackers last year was the worst position group on the team, but their inability to create fumbles, force or force fumbles, pick up fumbles, intercept the ball, sacks, their big play numbers were horrific. Well, at least Evans did some good stuff there, some splash stuff. And he's a good athlete. So here's the other, you know, the following paragraph was free agent edition. Cole Holcomb is primary, um, primarily a Mike linebacker, but has experience at the will spot, which is also the situation with Evans, who was taken in the first round in 2018 after a stellar Alabama career, generally lining up on the weak side. I honestly don't care as much about alignment. I mean, these guys can figure it out. They both are smart. Um, they both have been around. The Steelers inside linebackers aren't interchangeable, but it used to be a real hammerhead at one side, LeVon Kirkland, and a run and hit Kendrell Bell. And I don't think they're nearly as defined as they used to. It almost used to be like a strong safety and a free safety. I think they're a lot more interchangeable now. And Evans will work out fine. Get him probably to league minimum. I'm sure he'd help you on special teams. So, off the ball linebacker and safety are two spots I would have some interest in. Uh, another nugget I dug up, this was from ESPN. Matt Bowen did this. And I think Matt does really good work. He's one of my favorite ESPN analysts, an old school type of dude, understands fit really well. And he picked 
16 draft picks that just are great fits for their team. So no one made him pick a Steeler. You know, he just picked random. He could have picked, picked all Browns if he wanted, whatever it was. But one of his favorite fits was Keanu Benton with the Steelers and why he is a perfect fit. I picked Benton here because he fits the Steelers front as a nose guard due to his size and play strength. It's 6'4", 308. Benton can take on double teams and has the hand usage skills are there for him to disengage from blockers and pick up run game stops. He had 12 last year, which is a big number. Uh, Benton can push the pocket in passing situations too, creating even more interior disruption for one of the NFL's top defensive lines. He posted four and a half sacks in his final year at Wisconsin. Let's not make this one complicated. Benton is an ascending player who will be developed in a perfect spot that fits his traits. Couldn't develop, couldn't agree more. Ascending, two of the, the obvious trends of this draft were big and physical, as I've told you guys, but also young and ascending. And he's certainly ascending as a pass rusher, hand usage. Um, Dale often equivalents, you know, says he's going to be the, the younger version of Tyson Alualu, you know, so when you think noses, don't think Hampton, you know, I think he's more Alualu, but I also think that they're, when they're in their four man front, he'll play plenty of snaps next to Cam, next to Ogunjobi, next to Liao. So nose is a little too specific for me, to be honest with you, but that's where he'll be called. I'm sure when he's here, um, Last thing to bring up here is this one. I don't know where I even found it, but who cares? Uh, every one of the, the sites listed one undrafted free agent to keep an eye on from every team. And the one listed for the Steelers is an interior offensive lineman, Trevor Downing from Iowa State. Um, they were quick to sign him. So he's a little small. He's 6'3", 299. But he started full seasons at center and both guard spots. Uh, he's better at guard, but his lack of length is going to be an issue there. If he can keep getting stronger, he has the smarts to stick. So it makes sense to me. You know, I mean, when you mix in Downing and the seventh round pick, there's just so many interior options. And if you pull up his profile on NFL.com, here's his overview is Downing is not big or strong enough to root out block eaters and is an average athlete that pertains to move blocking duties. But he knows where he needs to be and is generally in the right place at the right time. There won't be anything that stands out about his game, but the tape is fairly solid and he should get a look in an NFL camp. Like, I know you're not doing cartwheels over that, but they got this guy for free. You know, so um, tough guy, team captain. Uh, flexibility in terms of where he can play decent um, athlete all in all for an undrafted interior offensive lineman. And he got hurt. I uh, forget which game it was, which bowl. It was not the senior bowl, but it was another one of the all-star games. He got hurt. So he wasn't able to work out and his tape obviously isn't unbelievable. Blow your way strong. So to me, that's probably the biggest reason why he was a priority free agent and not a, sixth or seventh round pick because no one had workout numbers on them. So just a name to know when camp opens and heck rookie mini camps are around the corner. So maybe we'll, we'll have a little name for himself there, but that's all I got for today. Talk to you soon over and out.